Welcome to the Love Stories Podcast. I'm Kira Van Ittersom. Today I have a special story for you that I wrote a few years back, near Father's Day. Before I wrote this story, back in 2008, I had just watched Anne Curie in an evening news segment talking about her dear father, who had died in the spring that year. I remember it was the first of a series about caring for aging parents, and it was beautifully done, depicting her dad as a loving, good-natured jokester, right up to the end. The story made me think of my own father, and how very fortunate I was to have such a caring and tender man around throughout my whole life. Now I need to take a break for just a short moment to thank one of our sponsors. Today's show is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is an outstanding tool for writers, thinkers, and folks like you. Begin organizing today. Get BulletPad for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for BulletPad. And now, back to my show. Since July is the month of his birth, I'm honored to share about my own dear dad, Richard Lee McHugh, in this story that's entitled, I Called Him Daddy. He was a simple man who led a rather simple life. Yet, when he died, hundreds of people attended his funeral, despite the fact that he and Mom had moved to North Carolina after his retirement. And for several years, he'd lived out of the state where he had raised his family and built his life. After his death, Mom came back home to us before his funeral and had Daddy's body flown back to Michigan where side-by-side burial plots had already been purchased. I recognized many of the young folks who approached me at that well-attended funeral service. Many of them had lived with my parents for a short while, as they navigated their own ways through various life situations, trying to find a footing in this throwaway world. At Daddy's table, they always got a good meal. He also provided a warm bed, and often transportation, and a few bucks too, and most important, an example of kindness and acceptance. Daddy wasn't home much, but he held together a loving center for others in need. Daddy was never a man of much substance. Born in South Carolina in 1922, times were tough as Daddy grew up. He had two brothers and eight sisters. And by the time he was 12, his own father had already died, and the country was in the throes of the worst depression in the history of our nation, save perhaps recently. Daddy, whom his family called simply Little Lee, had stopped going to school and worked odd jobs instead, giving his earnings to his mother to help out in raising his younger siblings. He was a slight figure with platinum hair and steel-blue eyes. Yet, though small in stature, Daddy was already a go-getter with a lot of grit. At age 19, Daddy married Mama, a 14-year-old beauty, a country girl who grew up on a 40-acre farm in Pelzer, South Carolina. A city boy, 
Daddy had met Annie Maud while swimming in the Mill Shoal near her family property. It was love at first sight. Daddy wasted no time in making her his own. Not long after they'd married, Daddy went to war, where in World War II, he was an infantryman on the front lines in Germany. A transfer saved his life, as everyone in his former company was killed. My sister, born while he was overseas, was, of his four children, the most like him. Hard-working, smart, proud, headstrong, feisty, fiery-tempered, yet sensitive and tender-hearted, too. Daddy worked a lot of odd jobs, but finally landed a position in one of the large cotton mills in Williamston, South Carolina. Allergic to fibers in the mill job, his hands were bloody and cracking. Hard labor had been taking its toll on his body. So, when his older brother moved north to the auto factories, Daddy followed. He applied at the factories often and was rebuffed many times, but he wouldn't give up, finally saying, You may as well hire me now, or you can get used to seeing this ugly mug because I'm not going to stop showing up here until you do hire me. He wore them down. Illiterate, Daddy earned his living with his brawn. He had enough energy for five men, often working two full-time jobs, even one of which would have broken some men. And he was always giving. When he shoveled snow, he would shovel the neighbors as well. Late into his fifties, he was still working a full afternoon shift at the Ford Motor Company after he had already put in a morning of chain-link fencing. He had formed his own little company and routinely drove into the seedier areas of Detroit to build fences in neighborhoods where others feared to enter. Nothing made Daddy happier than working hard to put smiles on the faces of those in need, and he was smart enough to take advantage of the word-of-mouth advertising that kept him flush with business. After retirement, he and Mom moved south again, this time to Shalote, North Carolina where he put in a vegetable garden, grew rabbits, and sold worms. I guess you could say that he didn't know how to relax. That was my mother's most common complaint. She had waited long to enjoy a restful retirement that, with Daddy, never quite came. Daddy had cancer for a few years before he left us. I kept trying to doctor him with natural remedies or lifestyle changes a hard thing to do long distance from Michigan. In the end, I think his condition grew overwhelming. I had planned to take our sons for a vacation to the southern coast to visit my parents the next spring, but my husband Bill intervened. Kira, I think if you're going to see your dad again, we better go now. Bill just had that feeling. And so it was that the last time I saw Daddy, Bill and I drove south with our sons to see Nana and Papa for Christmas. It was 1989, when an uncommon storm with gale winds and temperatures of 10 below zero hit the east coast, burying everything in a deep blizzard. We had got within 20 miles of my parents' place before the roads became impassable. We turned north to Wilmington and held up there, missing Christmas with Mom and Dad.
Arriving days later, after the snow melted and the roads were finally cleared, when we did finally arrive, the water pump was frozen. So Bill and Daddy went into town and bought parts, and then Bill went out in freezing temperatures to fix it. Despite his terminal cancer, Daddy insisted on helping. Our visit was a short one. I remember peering out of his dining room window at a big bird feeder where hordes of birds came to eat. It was a beautiful sight, and a fitting one, since this was Daddy, always providing for others. After we left, Mom said that Daddy simply went to bed, and he died five weeks later. In my single days, if I came home for a visit, Daddy might take my car for a wash and fill my tank with gas. Later, I'd find some money in a coat pocket or stuffed in the side of my purse. That was my daddy. We never had deep conversations. Rather, we shared gun smoke, hee-haw, bonanza, or fishing yarns. And when the mood struck him, daddy would take to the kitchen, scrambling up a big breakfast of eggs, hog brains, grits, slingshot gravy, and homemade biscuits. When I was in need, he gave. When I was hurting, he nurtured. When I was hungry, he fed me. My daddy was a good old boy, and he was made through and through with God's love. Today and every day, I give thanks that he was mine. Happy birthday, Daddy. I love you. And now I'll take another short break to thank another of our sponsors. Also sponsoring today's show is AppJudo, your complete web and mobile application development service. AppJudo uses the best technologies and computer science principles to build attractive and intuitive user interfaces your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help you make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. And now I return to my show. I hope that you enjoyed today's story as much as I enjoyed sharing it. I invite you to listen again next time. In fact, if you wish, you can visit us online at www.betterlivinginstitute.com where you will find all of our products and related articles. And while there, you can also subscribe to our shows for free. Until next time, just keep looking around you. Love is everywhere. For the Better Living Institute, this is Kira Van Ittersom. Thanks for listening. So long for now. <laughs>